Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you a consumable dynasty perspective. He's Skyler. I'm White. Tonight, we are joined by friend and returning guest of the show, Andrew Hall from Fantasy Pros and Dynasty Junkies. And tonight, we will be talking about some cheap tight end producers. But stay tuned as we roll this video in the comments to let me know who are some cheap tight ends you're buying on your dynasty rosters. He has the hearts of a lot of fantasy players. I like it a lot, honestly. I like I'm I'm in for death taxes and the 2022 water receiver class. I like what you were saying, Skylar. N- no player is completely untouchable. I think you guys really. I had not. I have not really heard this yet. I listen to a lot of pods, and I have not heard this yet. Well done, gentlemen. I'm really impressed. Andrew, my friend, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Of course, it's always a good time. Uh, we've luckily been able to hang out a couple times and each time has been a great time yes yes mostly in your neck of the woods i was gonna say are yeah. you coming down my way this year for the draft in cincinnati i might have to <laughs> yeah i gotta Come decide between he- buffalo and cincinnati yeah well i i think the answer is obvious but i'll let you pick yeah, <laughs> Hint. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well uh we're gonna be talking about some tight ends as i mentioned but as you know before we do that we try to have a little fun so are you ready for your surprise question? Both yes and no. Always ready and never. I just don't know. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. As Jess mentioned, uh, you are Cincinnati brethren. Uh, got the Ocho Cinco jersey behind you. If anyone's watching, they can obviously tell you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan. If anyone's ever interacted with you, yeah, I'm pretty sure they know you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan. So the question it. is, <laughs> uh, would you rather get to keep only Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. One so of those either Burrow has to go. or the receivers. Yeah, one's got to go. You're getting Ryan Finley if you choose against <laughs> Joe Burrow, and you're getting Nick well, Westbrook, Akine, and the rest of that Titans room. If you're well, what's funny is like that was too. <laughs> that's just mean. Uh, what I was going to say is like that. That kind of depends on what the alternative is on both sides. But in a vacuum, I think I'd rather have Burrow. I just think the game planning, the management, the the calm poise under center. I'm not. It's. I'm not saying he could do the same thing with any three receivers. That is not my saying here. But I think if you give him the the Giants wide receiver room, as bleak as that looks right now, I think they could still win six to eight games, right? Uh, I think they could still squeak in the playoffs, right? But if you put, I mean, I'm not gonna say if you put Daniel Jones with Jamar Chase, that's probably gonna be a lot better. But I just feel I feel more confident with Joe Burrow and, and anybody than than anybody else in the league right now. And yes, plus, I am biased. Plus, you'll be left with Irv Smith, right? So you're fine. Yeah, we st- you didn't mention it. That's right. We still got Irv Smith. We'll be fine. We can pick up some scrubs off the waivers. We got Charlie Jones in the draft. Maybe he becomes a thing. Like, he's yeah, fast. He's going to take over the slot this year. Yeah. Yoshivis. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. There, there could be some studs there if those guys all, I don't know, get traded out of nowhere, which would be bonkersville even for this team. So, yeah. I, but yeah, I think I'd lean Burrow. It's a tough one, though. A good question. I, th- I think I think that's the correct choice. It's if you've got one of those elite QBs, you kind of just have to. They're so hard to find. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about some tight ends. We're going to start off with Dalton Schultz, who Dynasty League Football may start up ADP was tight end seventeen. Will be twenty seven for this upcoming year. Signed a one year, just over six million dollar contract with the Texans. The last three years, he's been tight end fifteen, tight end three, tight end ten, half PPR with points per game of 7.6, 10, and 7.6 again. Andrew, are we interested in Dalton Schultz with the Texans, C.J. Stroud? There's always the narrative of the rookie quarterback relying on his tight end. Do you think Dalton Schultz helps teams this year? 
I think he helps the Texans and I think he helps fantasy teams. I think Dalton Schultz is one of those guys that has proven it in a sense. I think that him getting out from Dallas is probably a good thing because that Dallas offense is not really where his his best fit is. He wants to be an alpha, I think. And I think on Houston, he's got a chance to prove that. And again, these are all cheap tight ends. That's the point. You're not having to risk a lot to potentially get a high reward guy like Dalton Schultz. So yeah, he's actually the one of the ones we're going to talk about tonight. I mean, Dalton Schultz, I don't have, I don't think I have any shares of Dalton Schultz at this point, but I've definitely sent some offers during the rookie dress too. Like, Hey, 304 for Dalton Schultz that got denied. And I'm like, that's fair. I'll take, you know, tank Dell at this place. You know, like that's, we still got plenty of time to make those kind of moves, but especially in tight end premium leagues, when, you know, you might be flexing a tight end over someone like that, you know, tank Dell, one of those late round flyers. I definitely think you could do worse. I mean, he's, you know, you're not going to be excited about starting, but there's really only five or six tight ends you're actually happy about anyway. So yeah, I don't mind Dalton Schultz as a cheap one option at all. Skyler, what do you think? Um, yeah, see, the buying in on Dalton Schultz, it really comes down to a what are you going in on, right? If you're at the point in your rookie draft where you're leaning him, Laporta, like that territory where Laporta goes, we could have a different conversation there. Once Laporta is off the board, I don't have a huge qualm, especially that 304 spot in early third here for Dalton Schultz. It's a guy who's going to be rating your rotation. He's going to be a string option every single week next season. But with Dalton Schultz, I don't want to over-focus on where he is right now when it comes to the dynasty landscape, that being Houston. I want to look at Dalton Schultz as a player because when you, if you're going to invest in Dalton Schultz at the point of any valuable draft capital, the opportunity costs the spot in your roster, you got to believe in Dalton Schultz a little bit more than just, well, who else is going to get the targets there in Houston? I don't think that's the best argument, right? In the short term, sure, you can tell me it's a rookie quarterback, and if we don't know, is John Machi really going to be the guy to come in 100%? Is either you know Nico or Hutchinson gonna step into a role? We're we gonna have Tank Dell, um, or I'm sure I'm forgetting one of the 27 names there. Robert Woods step up and have a role there. If you say, well, my best Robert bet Woods, here is yeah. a player who can get at that 20% team targets. It could be a Dalton Schultz, a player who historically sat around 16% in Dallas. I do think he'll probably settle in at a very similar target share in Houston, in which Houston was bottom eight in plays per game over the last two seasons, and Dallas was top eight in plays per game over the last two seasons. So there is a very big difference, even if his peripherals are exactly the same between the two teams for me. So if you are making a bet in the short term, at least, you'd have to anticipate that he pushes up closer to 20% of the team targets in what is otherwise a very lackluster receiving room. But then moving forward, Dalton Schultz, his yards per reception is actually fine. His data's fine. It's more than just simply your catch and fall down guys, but it's not quite that of your deep threats. He sits right in the middle. He's over 70% of catch rate, so he's very dependable target. I think Dalton shows a very fine player, but I'm not over... Uh, I'm not overpaying. I'm not over-investing. I'm not really targeting Dalton Schultz as a talent because I don't think he's never going to give you those 30-yard 30, 30 plays that was why we're chasing a player like Chickaconqua, who was one of only two tight ends last year who had multiple 30-plus-yard plays. It was him and George Kittle. Dalton Schultz is never going to give you that. He's more in the mold where you're hoping it comes strictly through volume, and the situation really needs to call for that volume to be there. And in the short term, it may be. But in the long term, this guy got a one-year insignificant contract. We would have thought after two years ago he would have gotten at least a three-year deal, especially you see a lot of these blocking tight ends getting pretty significant 20 million plus three-year deals. Dalton Schultz wasn't one of those guys. It tells us kind of what the NFL thinks about him. They think more or less this is a replacement level player. Uh, even if he's above average, he's not worth investing in. So I, I kind of fall where that is, where I don't mind Dalton Schultz 
on my team, certainly, if it's that of a late third, you're not going to be able to buy a streaming option tight end in season for that. And if you have that paired with players like Sam Laporta and Chica Conquo in season where they might be exciting, but they're gonna but if they're not producing and it's not great matchups, you could always play that and Dalton Schultz will be relevant. So that's where I fall on Dalton Schultz, where I'm I do like the player. He's just not the type I personally reach for or go out of my way to target. Well, I just want to reiterate with this again. I mean, I, I don't think I'm planning on anybody long-term after tight end six, right? That's kind of what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't think you can really, you, I mean, again, tight end takes a while to develop. Point. I'd much rather wait until they develop. I'm not putting anyone on my bench that I think is going to be a guy in three years. I'm also not that kind of guy. I trade everybody. You know what I mean? Like if you're not making money, you get out of here, right? I'll go find somebody that is. I'll trade you for a pick. No problem. Like I don't mind that at all. So for me, every tight end, especially a tight end two or three on my roster I, if it's not this year, I don't care. It really, and I'll, that's yeah. how I think a lot of dynasty leagues should be looked at anyway, right? I think yeah, a lot of it. people are looking too far down the road. Like, no, go win it. Who cares if you're not producing? Move sure. on. So I'm just sure. looking at this year, especially for Dalton Schultz. Again, I think that offense could take a step, yeah. but yeah, I mean, again, you got Nico Collins, John Mechie, and Robert Woods as the top three receiving <laughs> options right now. I, that doesn't wow me, right? I mean, you could argue Schultz is the best option on that offense. I mean, you got Dave, Damian Pierce. I guess catches some passes, right? I mean, they got who was the other uh, the running back? Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary, no. right? Not really that worried about. Like all of these guys are like the the rebuilding dynasty roster from last year. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> this is just not a team that's going to win anything. So yeah. again, for me, it's that's just, like the prime case for someone unless, like Schultz. unless Dalton Schultz is more incorporated in the red zone. And well, and first off, that team is scoring touchdowns, which is absolutely which not is a, risky. And it's more <laughs> yeah. reminiscent points per game where he was the year he had the tight end four finish. If he's not at that level. His value of a replacement level player, even if a tight end one, is pretty insignificant. And I, yeah. so that's where I'm, I'm kind of putting a little bit of a pushback on the while I'm playing for the now is maybe in season, mid season, if you need a tight end, he's performing at a level where you can swallow paying a certain price completely different. But here in May, when people are in their drafts, in their rookie drafts, I'm just not buying in on a player that I think might be, even if he's tight end eight one to one and a half points more per game than like tight end 14. I'm not over investing that in a spot where I could be drafting a player like, you know, Jaden Reed and hoping that maybe that offers oh. me more long-term. Cause that's the range we're talking that like late second. So yeah, completely agree. I'm just, not, yeah. I'm just not investing right now in season, completely different conversation. If he's performing at a level that I think will help me now as a clear contender, we'll talk again and I'm well, sure we will. I I love the idea of wins above replacement, but at tight end 17, it's all going to be, you're getting, you're getting the decimal points of win above replacement. All of these guys yeah. are a flat circle. Like it's just like, For sure. you're not going to find but, any, but then I'm just there. simply yeah. not taking them. Like don't show us go somewhere right. between rounds nine and 11 in a super flex startup, which on paper for points is fine. I'm just yeah, not doing it. But I'm it. passing. I'm simply, yep. I'd I'm rather have upside. Passing. The upside is not there with Schultz. I yeah. agree. I mean, Chig and Laporta are two guys that have been there and like round 12 of all of these drafts. And that's where I'm starting to take my flyers round. These other guys we're going to talk to are around 15 or later. Right. I'll, I'll grab two to three of these guys. I'm not going to spend round nine on Dalton Schultz. I'm just not. Yeah. I'm with you guys. I personally don't have an issue with Dalton Schultz price. In fact, I think it's really fair, but Chick Conquo sitting right next to him in the DLF startup ADP is the one who I'd be looking to buy right now. But yeah. in season, I don't think Schultz is going to get go up more than, say, a future second. Like, I don't think yep. that's happening for him anymore. So if he does come into Houston and he's scoring closer to that 10 half PPR points per game for Houston, you can probably still buy it for a second. And then you go do that. Exactly. All right. Yep. Next tight end of the day. 
Juwan Johnson, Dynasty League football may start up ADP. Tight end 20 will also be 27 for the upcoming year. Signed a two-year, $12 million contract with the Saints. Last year finished as a tight end 11 with 7.1 half PPR points per game. Uh, had a really good section of the year where he was scoring quite often was basically the, the red zone threat for the Saints there. But then they also just signed Foster Moreau recently. And we know that they were looking at him earlier in the offseason well before the health condition came up that kept him out of some of this offseason. Luckily, it turns out everything's okay for him at this point. Signs with the Saints. Does this put a kink in things for Juwan Johnson, Skyler? This was a player that we were really excited about earlier in the offseason as his price was back further than this. He's actually come up since that time. And then Foster Moreau comes into town. What do we think now? Yeah, we always had Juwan Johnson a tier up, certainly for market where he was viewed more as completely replaced. But we were pounding this earlier last season as well. But still, there are innate there are limitations on Juwan Johnson. When we say we liked him, I don't want to put that way over. He was in that range last year. Of course, things have changed a little bit. Where like Noah Fant, Dawson Knox, where player were val- were managed were valuing those two. We were saying Juwan Johnson should be right in line with these guys, where they're going to be seeing. Somewhere between 10 to 15% of the targets, they're going to be streaming type tight ends. They're going to be limited. They're not going to offer you more. That's where he falls. Juwan Johnson was a wide receiver who transitioned to tight end. Then bringing in um, Foster Moreau to touch on that point isn't going to change his role there. Moreau should come in and play the Adam Troutman role, who's now with Denver, where he's going to come in. And sure, he's athletic. He's hopefully going to participate in some special team activities every now and then he'll leak out for a nice catch. If anything happens to Jawan, he'll be more involved, but I would be very surprised if he went much higher than where Troutman was at like 4% of the team targets. If Moreau was like between five and seven, because he's maybe a little more talented than Troutman. Sure. But I don't expect him to go higher. I think Jawan, even with other receiving options on this team probably sits between 10 and 15. And that's going to give you some kind of a middling tight end, High tight end two finish. Of course, he could sneak in a little higher tight end. Is always a crapshoot. So Juwan Johnson for me, if it's a toss into a trade, I love it. It gives me another streaming option. If it's past rounds fifteen of your Superflex startup jazz, I love it. It's a cheap streaming option. But there are limitations here. Um, we're not screaming that Juwan Johnson is like an extreme talent. Uh, I think he's a very serviceable player who has a role. They brought him back. Uh, which they didn't have to. And this is a good spot for him with Derek Carr there. We don't exactly know we're going to get Michael Thomas. I think he's pretty cemented with a very safe but small percent of the team targets. And um, yeah, for that, there's if you can still add Jawan Johnson in any deal, I'm here for it. But I'm not actively going and acquiring. Like we're in that yeah. mid third, we're past our premium cost, the Chase Brown grouping. Like, sure. At that point thereafter, <laughs> if you're deciding between Jawan Johnson and Shoemaker, we can have a conversation because Juwan Johnson, you, you're probably taking him over him. And that's where we are in the mid to late third. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. Foster Moreau is worse for him than Adam Troutman, but not actually bad for him. It doesn't Andrew, change do things. Think? It really doesn't change things. For me. Well, yeah, I, but, I think we're, we're all for, you're all for, none, neither of you have mentioned the tight end one on the team, Taysom Hill, right? What the hell? <laughs> like this guy's supposed to, wait, is he not playing tight end to snap with that? So yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Jawan Johnson's one of those guys that I'm I'm more than willing to say I missed on, you know, quote unquote missed on. I didn't think he was that talented. And then he started putting up points and I was still kind of like, I wouldn't say in take lock, but I'm like, man, it's a blip. I'm not really sure it's real. And then he kept scoring. And like you said, he finished tight end 11 and it was like, that's a tight end one, but God, that's a boring tight end one. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not somebody I'm looking for. 
could be the best um, and, season he has. Well, and that it actually, yes, it could be, which says a lot about how bleak the tight end landscape is, right? Where his best season ever for a player, for his for his own career, you know, Jawan Johnson is the tight end 11 once and everybody's like, who? You know what I mean? Like, that's just how bleak this tight end landscape is. So for me, I, again, I don't have any Jawan Johnson. He's the one of the three we're going to talk about tonight that I don't plan on acquiring. I don't even really want him as a throw-in. Like, there are other players I'd rather take uh, like Clyde Edwards Hilaire or like, you know, some of like Sawachi P. Oh, Ryan, yeah. like some of these other players that I feel like might have more upside. And if so, honestly, there have been uh, a couple of trades in my entire career in Dynasty where I've been like, I, they send a trade and I send it back without a player. I'm like, no, no, I don't want that guy on my roster. Like, that's might be what I do with Juwan Johnson, where I'm like, nope, he would just get cut if you trade him to me anyway. You can keep him. I don't need that. Right. That's just how, just how I am with tight ends. If I don't have one of the top ones, I'm at least looking for upside and youth. And I just don't know he's got either of those. They gave, actually, they gave Foster Moore a pretty good contract too, from what I saw, like a three-year deal. Uh, and again, even if you count Taysom Hill as not a tight end, right? He is still going to take some snaps in that facility and that role in that room. I it just, it's not, no, I'm out. Like I just, I'm not a fan of Juwan Johnson this year and I'll gladly be wrong. If he puts up tight end 10 overall numbers, I'm going to say it again. Like it's a blip. It's just a three-year production blip. No big deal. Like I'm still not going to be acquiring him, even if he's cheap. It's just not my thing. It's not how I do it. Listen, he's certainly replaceable. If you don't want him on your roster, I'm fine with that. But we play in leagues. Some great trade partners. We've got 25 to 35 (laughs) roster spots. Like someone's got to fill at the bottom. Like even if I leave five to 10 spots open to run through literally the bottom of the barrel to try to churn for, you know, undrafted players waivers. Jawan Johnson still makes that cut. So certainly I have no qualms with him against the roster. I didn't say like I'm buying him. He's thrown onto a trade. Oh, I know. I I know. It's basically free. And Taysom Hill, I just do want to say, I mean, he had two percent of the team targets, and he played thirty yeah. percent of the snaps. That's it was it was totally a joke for anybody <laughs> yeah. who didn't catch the sarcasm there. Taysom uh, Hill is not. We the know it's a joke, yeah. but I am throwing yeah. it out for you guys who always bring up. You might bring up Taysom Hill. It's like, listen, this guy plays less than a third yeah. of the game and sees two yeah. percent of the targets. He's only a tight end because the Saints say he's a tight end, not right. because that's what he plays. And it's probably um, the cheapest contract too, right? Like he's a put him a tight end. Like he's a smoke screen. That's what Taysom yeah. Hill is. He's out there, and you're like, I don't know what they're. He's doing. a gadget player. <laughs> That's all he is. Yep. I have no okay. idea what they're doing. But, but Andrew, after, after that take, I got to do some this or that with Juwan Johnson with you, okay? okay? Juwan Johnson or Noah Fant? I'd rather have Noah Fant. Juwan Johnson or Mike Gesicki? I think I'd rather have Gesicki. I just feel like there's more upside there, right? Like these these players are moving. They still have some value. Yeah, I'd rather have those guys. Uh, Dawson Knox? Dawson Knox is a weird one for me. I liked him a lot last year, and now they got Kincaid. I'm worried that they're not going to use Knox. But again, tight ends take a while to develop. That's kind of close, but I guess I lean Knox just because I think his upside is a slightly higher amount than with Derek Carr and the Saints. Irv Smith. Definitely Irv Smith. Come on. <laughs> this is my this is my team. I got to go Irv. Okay, one last one. Gerald Everett. Well, great segue because I would take Gerald Everett, but it would be a tough call, and it would only be because I think that offense in San Diego, even with Quentin Johnston and Mike, Mike Williams and all this, like I think Gerald Everett could have a, a better season this year than Jawan Johnson. So – I don't want to get too into it. I know you're going to intro, but I would probably yeah. take him. But that's a that's a tough one. And with that, we'll jump right into Gerald Everett, who Dynasty League football may start at ADP. It was tight end 32. Will be 29 for the 2022 season. He's going into his second year of his contract with the Chargers. There was some talk that he could be a cap casualty, and the Chargers kind of came out after those reports and said, like, no, we, we have plans for Gerald Everett. We want him on this team. Finished as a tight end 15, 2022 is 6.9.5 PPR points per game. But I would say that was a pretty big disappointment for what the role he had last year with them. 87 targets in that offense. There was time, plenty of time when 
wide receivers were injured for that offense where he had to step up and be a bigger part of the offense. I was really hoping for more out of him. But now we've got Kellen Moore this year. Um, when they drafted Quinton Johnston, they made a point to mention how that helps open things up for Gerald Everett, which I thought was interesting. I'm apprehensive a little bit with Gerald Everett after being pretty in on him last year, personally. Um, I'm having a little bit of trouble buying back in. Andrew, sell me on it. The best I can do to sell you on Gerald Everett is that he's he's even cheaper than the other two we've talked about. And he's probably in the most consistently spot, consistent spot from the year to year. They got a new offensive coordinator, but he's with the same the same team on the same offense, similar anyway, with Justin Herbert. There's a connection there. The other two we talked about, Dalton Schultz changed teams. And then Jawan Johnson is changing a lot of things around him. He's on the same team, but it's with Derek Carr and a new offense. So I like Gerald Everett to take that similar step as last year. I would be more consistently thinking he's going to do the same he did last year or better. Uh, the others, I feel like there's a lot, there's enough chaos and there's a lot of question marks. Gerald Everett doesn't have as much of that. That's not to say Gerald Everett is an amazing player or someone that I'm going out to acquire. I'm not looking to get Jared Everett on my team, but he's one of those tight ends that I feel like could have some of that upside on a very high powered offense in San Diego, San Diego in Los Angeles. But it's one of those things that just, you know, for the price at the cheapest of the three, I mean, his ADP was tight end 32. I mean, like that's you're, you're talking dirt cheap at that point. His ECR is tight end 27 on fantasy pros. The others were pretty close. That's a five player difference. I, you know, to me, that's the value from my end is that, you know, send a fourth for Gerald Everett. I mean, heck, if you're in a 25 roster, a roster man, man roster, whatever kind of position, he might be on waivers. And so there's one of those things, too, where players look at him and like, hey, he's 29. I don't know. He's getting kind of old. That's not old for tight ends, my friend. So, yeah, I think I think Gerald Everett's probably my favorite of the bunch at cost. Now, granted, I'm, I'm probably taking Schultz, then Everett, then Juwan Johnson and all three of them. I'm, I'm crying in the shower immediately after trading for them. But that's just how this goes at this level of tight end, right? You're down in the barrels. You're down on the slums. And my gut tells me Everett's going to be closer to last year than these other two. Yeah, uh, Skylar, Gerald Everett is the actually one out of these three where there's the biggest difference in my rankings and this ADP. And if he is close to these other two in production, I mean, that's a little discount for for the, uh, right? you know, if if they're not really above replacement level, I guess you just get replacement level for really cheap. Uh, I, I will say like the, the big counterpoint here, I think for Joel Everett is he's probably the fifth best target in the offense. Yep. This is an offense that's going to throw the ball likely over 700 times this year, as they did. So last year, the Kellen Moore in here, what do you have to say? Throw some, throw some cold water on us here, Skyler. Yeah, I'm going to take the third round pick that I traded Gerald Everett for last year. Go grab Musgrave to go take Tucker Craft undrafted and uh, want nothing to do with the situation. Like Gerald Everett, for me, you're talking about no upside with Juwan. I I do. Well, I do agree. I do agree. Gerald Everett is like Mr. No Upside. Mr. No Upside. He finishes as a back end tight end two every year, except last year where he finishes a middling tight end two. Fantastic. Yeah. In a year where... In and Allen missed a whole bunch of time. Mike Williams missed a whole bunch of time. Uh, he saw, like, where where are we at here for him for snaps? I mean, this guy's playing almost sixty percent of the snaps. He's this at in a lot of points the second target on this team, and he's still, still. I mean, weeks without Keenan Allen, his target shares were 21, 13, 15, 9, 12, 19, 5. And weeks without Mike Williams, he had five nine 13 like it's just uninspiring his points per game finishes were just 
so uninspiring. Like you're all expecting these inspiration at tight end 32. My God, I, like you go I am, deep, on, my friend. I am on an offense with Justin Herbert when the main two receiving options are completely hobbled and he's being screamed at as a start of the week for manager fantasy managers all across fantasy pros. Oh, he's ranked as tight end 10 on the week. He has to be. And then he just doesn't return on it. So for me, Gerald Everett, and now you bring, let's say Keenan and Mike are, are hundred. They brought it, you know, they drafted two more wide receivers in this draft. Gerald Everett. He's still there. Yeah. It's Kellen Moore. It could, it could be a better offense. Sure. Unless he's catching touchdowns, which again, we'll see how he's used amongst the other tight ends in that room. Um, I, I just don't really see how he does better than last year. And I would, I, I'm sure once I finish projections through, he's, I'm going to expect him to finish similar how he has the rest of his career, a back end tight end to, it's just where I sit on Gerald Everett. It's just, it's boring. It's fine. And a lot of your, oh, hang leads, on. he's a roster clogger for me. Well, I just want to ask this. If, if you're saying he's a back end tight end two, right. And you're saying his, his kind of upside is tight end, what, 23, 25, something like that. His ADP sure. is 32. Do you not see the value there? That's what I'm trying to say. Like the Delta is crazy. He's going at the last pick on your best ball team. You don't need, I guess yes. I get that you're looking for upside, but you can do worse than this. That's all I'm saying. If you go, let's say you drafted Kelsey early and you you're getting there in the 18th round or whatever, like, come on. You can do worse than best balls, a different conversation, but, but positive Delta, when we're talking tight ends though, that's like where I least value that like quote value because oh. Again, if the difference between 24 and 36 is there isn't a difference. So tell me where the guy exactly. falls amongst there in ADP is like, you know, it's I'd there isn't the a same. difference, but he goes seven rounds later. Like, are you, do you not see what you're saying? Like, there's no difference and you can get him way later. I don't understand why you're not, how you're not getting this. Like, it's just yeah, but it's seven, so but seven rounds later. What do you mean? All those guys are going again. The variance. If you look at all those guys, like if the standard deviation between them in drafts, Gerald Everett might go around 22 in one startup and around 14 in another. You're like, you're not telling me he goes seven rounds later than one of these other guys. It's going to be draft to draft because at the end of the day, people are just taking either the tight end they know. I, I was being hyperbolic, but I'm just even if it's three thing. rounds different, if it's if it's the same, I'd it's rather just, take the cheaper. I'd just rather just take like the like what you were saying with the the Clyde Edwards Allegra. Like he, first yeah. off, we're past that. But any player, we're way that past think, that. Yeah, any position player other than tight end that I think has any path to relevance, I'm just taking the shot on them over Gerald Everett. I'm perfectly fine with that, by the way. I'm not. I'm not saying any of these guys are worth drafting. Like, I'm saying, gun to my head, I would rather I, have Gerald Everett. Yeah, I guess the, there's perceived value. Yeah, but it's just not a value. It's not a valuable player at all. So I don't like perceived quote value. It there isn't value at all. It's just like he's just a guy. He's just a guy. If I need a tight end filler, I I can potentially play the matchup and throw Gerald Everett in. Like in deep rosters, sure we'll toss him in, but. This isn't a player I'm spending anything on. Like if we're at round twenty of a start, yeah. sure, throw him in there. Like it's it's somewhat similar to Juwan Johnson in that sense, where it's just like if he's there, I do like Juwan Johnson a little bit over Gerald Everett. But again, we're talking we're talking two players that I don't think hold much value in the grand scheme of things anyway. No, you, you, this is I totally agree with you. Like we're we're literally talking about the how shiny these pennies are. You know what I mean? Like the, none of these guys have value. That's not. We agree on that. I'm saying at that point, why not take the shiniest penny, which is the one that is the lowest price and the highest potential return. If they're all the same return, I'd rather have the guy last than the first. Sort of like tier-based drafting, right? If I'm in a tier and I have a window of guys that I like, I'd rather have the last guy in that tier because of that break. 
I mean, these all of these guys are scrubs. All three of these guys I could see cutting at some point this season, even on deeper dynasty rosters, they're sending away for future thirds, right? That's not that's not what we're talking. We're not talking about starting tight ends. We're talking about depth producers. Like, I don't know, all three of these guys are great options for that. But for me, Gerald Everett's one of those guys that I just feel like, again, how how hobbled that offense is, like you mentioned it, he could be a top target any week that you want him to be. And that's what makes it so frustrating is that you just can't predict what that offense is going to do. Which again, I at that point, I might as well take the free guy. Just take the guy worth the least and have again, the best production. I mean, again, I just, I don't, I just don't care for him. But he's in a group of players that <laughs> talk tier based. So I have him tiers. Like, am I, I saying that I care for him? That's not what like, <laughs> I have. Gerald Everett. Why, you get what I'm end. saying, right? Am I in crazy world over here? I have him as tight end 24, like in in my rankings. But I, I don't, I still don't look because I am at 24 and ADP has him at 32. I don't look at that and go, that's got to be a buy. Like, it's how about just, this? It's just, how about I don't this? care. DLF ADP, which of these guys would you rather have? Chris Rodriguez, Washington running back, Gerald Everett, or Isaiah Spiller, Los Angeles running back, Josh Palmer, Los Angeles wide receiver? Yeah, like I'll take in that Gerald Everett because none of those other guys need to be on a roster. That's ADP. That's exactly that's, what I'm saying. Like, they're all down there very low, and I'd Everett seems like the easiest, like most, like the highest floor. At that point, none of them have a ceiling, and the highest floor is minuscule above the other guys. I'd just rather have him. That's all. I feel oh, like we're oh. probably on the same page. Like, yeah, you definitely saying, are. That's what I'm saying. Guys, How are you not agreeing I, with me? <laughs> I think. I think really here, what here is, if you're taking multiple cheap shots at a tight end, he might be an okay option to go with somebody who has some real upside that you've taken later. Okay, like a Luke Musgrave in your rookie draft, and then if you go look on DLF, you mentioned some of the 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 players that are around his ADP. He also has a trade value on there of basically a fourth round pick on yep. KTC. It's a future third. If you're want, trying to fill that spot, if you want to take multiple shots, and maybe you're just looking for like the cheapest option, you feel like I'll get seven points out a week of. He might be the cheapest option for that. That's where Gerald Everett fits for teams. He's not someone you're trading for because you think like, oh, this is the year. Right. It's <laughs> no, I'm just trying to find the seven points I don't have in that position yet. And this is the cheapest way I can do it. Yeah. I mean, well, if, if guys like him, Higby, Hunter Henry, every single year, if they're like free, it's sure. Throw them in my streaming rotation. Here's where I'm here, again, just to kind of put this into a different direction, right? Juwan Johnson, you want to know who's going around Juwan Johnson right now in ADP. Zach Evans, Los Angeles Rams running back. Give me Zach Evans, Darnell Mooney, Kayshawn Booty, Michael Gallup, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I'd rather have all of those guys over Juwan Johnson. No, no pushback from me on that. This is what I'm saying. So, like, why not take the guy who's super down low and gets about the same production as Juwan Johnson? Like, yeah. I don't know. It just seems like a no-brainer. Yeah, I, yeah, I just again, I, my only thing I was saying is there might be variance with tight ends draft to draft. But if those are the names around where we're taking any of them, we're not. I guess we should just say for the last two tight ends we've talked about, Schultz is a little different. But for Juwan yeah. Johnson, Gerald Everett, and anyone else in this tier, the guys we talked about, you brought up Dawson Knox, Tyler Higby, Hunter Henry, whatever. If there is any player with a route to uh, relevance or value to your fantasy team. We're taking those players before we're looking at anyone in this group of tight ends. And then later we'll just take whatever one of these tight ends is left, throw them into our streaming rotation. Bingo. We agree. All right. Love to hear it. Nowhere else you get such passionate conversation know, right? about the tight end 32. In your <laughs> dynasty. Only here. Andrew, Andrew, thank you very much for coming on and having that passionate conversation with us before we get out of here though. Is there anything you'd like to promote? Yeah, so I got a couple articles still coming out for Fantasy Pros. You can catch me on Twitter at Andrew Hall FF, and obviously doing the Dynasty Junkies every Thursday night around nine thirty ish. We have a podcast every week that comes out. You can see us live on YouTube and on Twitter. Uh, we do a lot of different things on that show, but my favorite and, and Wyatt, you've been on. I think I don't know if we've had you on, Skylar. No, I think we tried, but there was some scheduling issues. But 
Either way, we love we love having you guys on. And then that find me a trade segment is the one that we love. So we always like to make sure our listeners get a chance to we find them a trade. And I will forever remember Wyatt saying Geno Smith over Kenny Pickett. And at the time, it was kind of a ballsy pick. But I was like, man, you're kind of selling me on it. And it just proved to be right all season long. So great job on that one, Wyatt. I just want to give you props <laughs> I appreciate again. it. Honestly, I think that is one of the coolest segments on any show that I listen to, the find me a trade, because it's first off, it's just a cool, cool idea, things to look for. But it also really helps. Real people, real trade. So I love yes. it. Yes. Yes. As for us, you can find Skylar on Twitter at the FF Buffalo. You can find me at YB underscore FF. You can find JWB at JWB underscore FF and all the content at JWBFantasyFootball.com. While you're here, like, subscribe, follow. In the description of this video, you will find our Discord first where there's tons of conversation happening every day. We've been running lots of mock drafts all offseason. And soon enough, we'll be running some redraft mocks. And then also in there is in the Patreon. If you'd like to support us, there's a lot of cool extra stuff that's in there only for the Patreons. We'll see you next time.